Everything That Rocks, Laser 103.3. Time for today's Hall Pass and a very special guest, the man that gave the mighty, mighty Metallica their very first record deal. The man they call Johnny Z, John Zazula, joins me via the Laser Hotline. Hey, Andy Hall. How are you, sir? Doing very well, thank you. Glad to hear that. I really appreciate you taking some time for me today. It's an honor to have you on the show. We're looking forward to October 29th and the release of your memoir, Heavy Tales, The Metal, The Music, The Madness, as lived by John Zazula. Let's start with the flea market slash record store, Rock and Roll Heaven, and the decision to cater to the heavy metal crowd. How much of that was driven by your passion for that music, and how much of it was just seeing a market that nobody else was tapping into? Well, at first, it was seeing a market. I'm going to be honest, because I was selling a lot of motorheads, but I was listening to it, and I was selling Iron Maiden, but I was listening to it. And then other records came in, like the Friday Rock Show, which was like a BBC compilation that had like Samson and Holocaust, and I got into it. And before you knew it, that's all I even listened to. And still today, heavy metal, uh, I listen to it probably 60% of my day. That transition from selling heavy metal records to also making heavy metal records. Tell me about the creation of Megaforce Records. Did you have any experience at all going in, or were you flying blind in the beginning? Andy, I was flying so blind, I didn't have Braille or even a stick to help me. It it was very, very hard. It took every penny I had and didn't have, but it was extreme faith at the time in a band called Metallica, that when we got it, nobody really knew who they were in the Northeast. It was a blank slate. And we took that band Metallica and we really worked together well. And we had no decision but to form Megaforce Records because I played that Metallica's No Life to Leather demo to more uh, record companies than you could take a stick at. And they were all deaf, dumb, and blind to what was going on on that tape. So we did it ourselves. And you fronted all of that, right? I mean, that was completely on you financially. It was completely on me. Uh, There was a point when I ran out of money when Metallica was ready to be manufactured, the Kill Em All album, where I will be honest with you, my brother-in-law gave me a loan, which I paid back in about three months. But he did give me a loan to manufacture the first 5,000 Metallica albums, I, I really didn't have the money to even manufacture the records in the beginning. Wow. You know, I'm a little bit surprised considering where you were, so close to New York there and so close to so many major labels. I figured that you had to have had someone that offered at least some help since you had no experience. Nobody. Wow. Nobody cared. Some people hoped I went away so they could, you know, maybe... Uh, See what I'm doing and poach it, you know? Sure. But uh, that was basically people overseas who were hip to it, who were in the import album, export album business. You know what I'm curious about is your business model, owning a flea market slash record store, and then, of course, becoming the co-founder of a label and a management company, all of that at once. Well, you know, first we built up the demand for heavy metal music and records. We got to the point where boxes of records were just blowing off our shelves. We could sell in a weekend 150, 200 Michael Stank, a lot of Budokan. You know, it was crazy. And then you get the people into the metal, and then you basically created a market. And the next thing you do is you give a product 
to go into that market. And then you start touring the bands to promote the product that goes into the market so it's bigger and better than ever before. And that was the whole thing, Andy. That's a, I mean, that was as simple as it was. There's a million steps in between, but that was what it was to me, you know? Just get the word out, man. Get the word out. If you believe in something so much, other people will too. And they did. Johnny Z, the man that signed Metallica to their very first record deal, co-owner of the famed Rock and Roll Heaven Flea Market and Record Store in East Brunswick, New Jersey, co-founder of Megaforce Records, and author of the forthcoming memoir, Heavy Tales, The Metal, The Music, The Madness, as lived by John Zazula, coming October 29. Regarding Metallica, you wired them the money for a coast-to-coast trip to where you were. We know what you thought of their music, but what were your impressions of each of the guys themselves upon their arrival? You know, Cliff was a, just a great, great guy, very helpful to me. At night, he even read uh, storybooks to my daughter when I wasn't home so, so she could fall asleep with all the noise in the living room that went on with three bands being there. James was very quiet to himself. Lars was a rager, but a brilliant one and always able to focus no matter what. And Dave was to himself and pretty much did what he did. And uh, I spoke not that much to Dave. But, you know, Laws and Cliff were the people who really I communicated with the most, who were, I would imagine, grounded the most. Were you involved at all in the creative process? I mean, I know they had a lot of those songs for Kill 'Em All already written, probably by the oh, yeah. time they brought you came to you. Uh, but how much creative input did you have in the very early days? The only job I had was to make sure they walk into a studio and walk out with something better than No Life to Leather, a very hard task. Unlike what was happening with record companies on the West Coast who were putting out demos and calling it records. I wanted to put out a well-produced, polished, yet realistic, non-compromising record, which Kill 'Em All was. In terms of capturing the energy of that live show, that was probably the toughest task, I imagine. It really, really was. You know, it was funny. I, I was just listening to a metal station that was playing Metal Militia. And I must tell you, that sounded like it was live. That had raw, killing energy. And Kirk Hammer was out of control with his lead guitar playing on that track. And that's what we wanted to capture in the studio. And if you ask what did I have to do with the music, you can't have anything to do with Metallica's music. It's Metallica's music. I'm not as creative, and I don't have the genius that they have in creating that sound. But when it came to the marketing of the band, growing of the band in popularity and the creating of the album cover and some of the art concepts, some of the touring ideas. I had a lot of play in that, you know, making sure the album came out like it was supposed to was a very big responsibility. And I'm sure you couldn't have even predicted how well eventually that those two first albums would do. No, it, it was quite wonderful because we sold 5,000 relatively easy. And I remember sending another 2,000 out to the distributor and manufacturing another 2,000 at a time, at a time, at a time. And what was funny is that Metallica 
wasn't the biggest seller after a while on Megaforce, believe it or not, Raven, all for one, had outsold Kill 'em All in the first, let's say, six months of Kill 'em All being out. Very interesting that it wasn't my premier band in record sales, Metallica, at, at the beginning. That's shocking. And uh, then it begs the question, why Metallica, not Raven, in terms of the success? Well, that is talked about in the book. Oh, good. Uh, Raven and I parted company because they were soon signed to Atlantic Records, and they were offered a road to take, two roads. Stay the way you are and continue to build, or get a little commerce and appeal to a much broader audience and have a quicker path to success with the Atlantic machine behind it now. And what happened was they took the Atlantic machine role and the crowds didn't really appreciate it. Hmm. And of course the backlash that lasted much too long because if you see Raven today, he's got nothing but the old Raven still kicking ass on stage. But, you know, they made a mistake that was very costly for them. But they remain an amazing band today. The creative leap Metallica took from Kill 'Em All to Ride the Lightning, uh, and I've talked to, to each of the guys in the band about this too, it was huge for how little a time period there was in between. For you, was there any worry at that point that they'd eventually be moving on like they did? Well, I'll say this to you. Things started to fade while they were recording the album, and I was back running the company, which had grown so fast and so big in America. And in those days, you didn't have cell phones or telephone deals with the telephone company for long-distance calls. And calling Denmark and calling Sweden, you know, basically cost a fortune. So I didn't make that many calls just assuming everything was going great. But in that time, they were talking, they were thinking, and they were realizing that maybe the grass is greener on another side. And they made the choice that they made when they came back. But it was the distance between them going to Europe and me not communicating, which was a very bad move. I should have went to Europe with them maybe, but you know what? What happened is what happened. But uh, that's all I can basically tell you. You know, the rest of the details, I have to say there's quite a lot of it. it it's in heavy tales. I'm not trying to push the book like that, but I really take a lot of time to explain it. The man they call Johnny Z, John Zazula, is my special guest. October 29th, we look forward to getting our hands on Heavy Tales, the metal, the music, the madness, as lived by John Zazula. How long has this memoir been in the works, and why was now the right time for it, John? It's a good question. It took me a year and three months to complete it, and it took about three months for someone to edit my kind of writing, because I tell stories in, I call it street language, you know. I grew up in the Bronx, and I talk a certain way. And uh, I had sentences <laughs> that went for half a page. And, you know, like, they could have been punctuated like 17 times. So it took about a year and a half to finish the book. And the reason I wrote it is because I felt there was enough of a story to tell 
and it may be beneficial to people who work side by side with their wives for years, what's ahead for them if they continue to stay together, how to fight mental illness and stay on top of a business for as long as you can, and how we had success in such a fast period of time. When you look at the discography, Andy, it's hard to believe that only a few people did all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the second year, and the shows were going on, and the touring, an incredible story. I wanted to tell that I felt people would actually be interested. I'm glad you alluded to Marsha because, you know, she deserves a lot of credit, too. The fact that there was so much on your plate and hers, I honestly don't know how you did it. I hope maybe that's explained in the book. It's explained in the book. It's explained in the book. You know, being a manic depressive is very bad when you're depressed, but it's crazy when you're manic. You're just don't stop. You just keep going. And you got this energy. And I was in this mania for about seven years, just going crazy, putting out stuff that was classic after classic. So, you know, uh, that has a lot to do with it. I wanted you to know that, Andy. I appreciate it very much. You, you no doubt cemented your place in heavy metal history. As a guy that earned his cred and really put his money where his mouth is, I think that right there might be what I respect most about you. Thank you. Well, you got to believe. If you don't believe and you don't have the faith, why bother? You know, you have to have a lot of faith. Well, that level of authenticity has no doubt served you well. I really appreciate your time today, John. I am so excited to get my hands on the book. Thank you so much. Enjoy reading, and thanks for your time, Andy.